0: Welcome to Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you're invited if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 6160 here in the studio tonight. It's in Nobody and Chris. And uh, Chris, you and I were out today at the weekly Friday social meetup that we have here in Keene, New Hampshire. And we had the pleasure of meeting two brand new movers to the area. Oh, yeah. Uh, as part of, uh, well, I guess they didn't move as quote unquote part of the Free State Project. But that was definitely something he learned about when he was researching uh, states uh, that he was looking to move and that to. that was an
1: interesting uh, story because he actually was looking for a place like uh, the Free State Project, but yes. he found New Hampshire first. First. Yeah. 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 And so, then found the Free
0: State Yeah. yeah so, so. And I think he's like, yeah, bonus. Uh, so they came out to our meetup today and it's just great seeing so many new people coming here to New Hampshire more uh, in the last year I think at least in 2021 than ever in the past and I suspect 2022 is going to top that but obviously we still got about half a year to go so uh, it should be interesting to see how all of that plays out Uh, of course you can bring up absolutely anything that's on your mind tonight I would say the big news is probably that Elon Musk apparently is uh, calling it quits on the Twitter deal
2: Oh, wow. Oh, because yeah. he was going to buy it.
0: He was going to buy so it. So it didn't go through that. For $44 billion. That was the price tag. And wow. If you recall, he kind of put the deal on hold a few weeks ago, or several weeks ago, and was asking Twitter for like real information about the number of bots that they have on their system. Yeah, Because Twitter was trying to play it off like, oh, no, it's only 5%. of our users are bots, (laughs) but we found these online tools where you can punch in a Twitter profile handle, and it will tell you how many uh, fake profiles are following your profile. And when you put in a big user like a Joe Biden, it registers like 50% fake. Mm. So the Mm. more users you have following you, the more bunk the number is basically now some of the quote unquote fake users are people who are no longer on the site they just haven't logged into to their account for years so those aren't real yeah you know, i guess they're not really you know, fake
1: but yeah this sounds it sounds like a pretty standard way to count uh in the i don't know industry as far as you know any kind of any kind of site that has users well sure they're going to count people yeah. who are inactive i mean obviously. facebook and google and you know basically they all do the same thing they count every single person and nobody ever gets deleted you know even if they've sure. never logged in or you know they haven't logged in in a long time But then there's also the a
0: separate statistics about how many are estimated bots like actual right, fake, right. true fake users and it's a fair number but apparently they didn't get back to elon on his request in a decent <laughs> amount of time so here's the story from uh, finance.yahoo.com and reuters elon musk ceo of tesla and the world's richest person said friday he was terminating his 44 billion dollar deal to buy twitter because the social media company had failed to provide information about fake accounts uh shares of twitter have gone down seven percent in extended uh, trading hours as a result of that and uh, he wrote, quote, or and I'm sorry, this is Brett Taylor, the Twitter chairperson of the board, said that the board plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement, which is an interesting about face for the board of directors of Twitter, who at first ha. was trying to prevent Elon Musk from buying the company. <laughs> well,
2: what are they trying to enforce exactly? Because I think that each side had to put down in um, agreement that if they withdrew uh, without good cause, that they would pay the other, like, a billion dollars. Well, I, yeah, so that's a good question. So they may just be trying to take that the money billion. and not force them to finish the deal. Good point. Uh, yeah.
1: that's. I mean, that's. I, I would expect it would be something like with a house sale, kind of like it's an intent to buy you but get the earnest money if the person backs out yeah
0: well in this case the uh, there's a further comment here from their chairperson brett taylor he said quote the twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with mr musk so they're saying we want to
1: finish the deal I mean, the crazy thing is it's hmm. it, they're literally saying okay it's not a done deal so <laughs> if it's not a done deal how are you going to force you know well, like you said, they might be
0: under some sort of contract. It sounds to me like Musk is going to be arguing that they violated the terms of the agreement, right? Like, if, right, you, come right. To a, if you come to the, the negotiating table and. Say, all right, we're, we're willing to pay $44 billion for this website with so many users, and you ask the question, how many of your users are fake? They say 5%, and then you question that statistic and say, I'd like more details on this. I want to hear, see X, Y, or Z. We don't know exactly what right. Musk asked for with regards to that. Uh, but then they don't come forward with the information I mean,
1: you were requesting. You have to wonder it it sounds like a wh- whether or not some judge or jury maybe would consider that re- a reasonable demand or not a reasonable demand as to right. whether gonna or not. It's going to have to go to court. Yeah, it's whether yeah. or not it's a contract violation or not.
2: So here's the thing. Well, my understanding is that it was actually built into the deal that that Elon Musk's offer was contingent, contingent on the number of uh of bots not exceeding five percent
0: and they never provided the information he's asking for apparently yeah. uh and filing musk's lawyer said twitter had failed or refused to respond to multiple requests for information on fake or spam accounts on the platform which is fundamental to the company's business performance i mean because if you claim and i don't know what their number is Let's just say it's hundred million. I have no idea how many users Twitter has. If you claim it's a hundred million users, but it turns out that fifty million of them are fake accounts, yep. Then is that worth
1: forty-four billion dollars anymore, or is it worth you know fifteen <laughs> billion, or
0: ten, mm.
1: or you twenty? Know, yeah. I mean, and I kind of have to wonder. I mean, what does he end up getting for this? Is there a business model behind Twitter? No, is Twitter it's profitable? A fail. It's not is profitable. It? It's it's
0: being run for political reasons. Mm. They they don't make money. Okay. Twitter.
1: So so he's not buying it for the for the for the revenue then. He's in, buying Well, it.
0: in theory he's buying it because he thinks it's this great free or could be a free speech, quote unquote, right, platform right. and he's acting like that, you know, is important to him. But some speculate the reason he really wants this is because it's essentially data the, a ton of data that are coming from individuals, r- presumably real human beings, and that they could mine that data for yeah. all kinds of useful things for artificial intelligence or whatever, right? Sure. So there's there's probably something else that he wants that that site for. Maybe beyond he's just, got
1: a way to make money off of it. He has a business model They don't, wants to use, and he wants to buy it because he knows how to make money off it.
0: Yeah, that could be as well. Or yeah. it could be all of the above, right? Like he could see a way to make money off of it beyond just the data mining uh, aspect of it but now it sounds like it wants to walk away from it the announcement is another twist according to reuters in the will he won't he saga after the world's richest person clinched the 44 billion dollar deal for twitter in april but then uh put the buyout on hold until the social media company proved that spam bots account for less than five percent of their total users so he wanted to see the evidence mm. you know, okay yeah you guys are saying this mm. but can you prove it the terms of the deal do require Musk to pay a one billion breakup fee if he doesn't complete the transaction. Musk had threatened to halt the deal unless the company showed the proof that the spam and bot accounts were fewer than five percent. The decision is likely to result in a long, protracted legal tussle between the billionaire and the sixteen-year-old San
1: Francisco-based company. I wonder too if you know if that breakup, uh, so to speak, if that is. Contingent on them ob- ob- obeying those rules that were set out, or if they break the rules, if Twitter broke the rules, he still has to pay, right? Like, is it could be it could be either or. Yeah, we don't know what the, yeah. the terms of the deal are, but yeah. obviously,
0: what obviously Musk is willing to take whatever risk he's willing to take here. He's playing hardball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a billion dollars. I mean, I know the guy is rich, but a billion is still a lot of money even a for lot. a rich dude. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, again, if if it turns out that Twi- that Twitter broke the agreement, mm. then would Musk go the billion? That's that's the big question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so time will tell. It's definitely one of the more interesting deals out there. That's that's uh, it's currently working simply because it does affect a lot of people. A lot of people were cheering, you know, saying that uh, this is great news for Twitter. It actually resulted in a, a boost of users to Twitter. Uh, some people walked away from Twitter in frustration. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people joined. I noticed I don't have the, the most popular Twitter account or anything like that. I only have a couple thousand uh, followers there. But I noticed my follower count went up like 10% in a in a, like maybe a two-month time frame where it took me like two years to go up 10% uh, prior to that. So there were a lot of people that were just getting excited about mm. Musk joining because like a, a lot of the followers were new users.
2: Well, also a lot of people who were not leftists said that their follower ac- accounts expanded and it looked like it was just th- twitter stuff. Stopped hiding them. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live.
0: It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Bring up what you want and take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160. Join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features there. We've got our social media platform. It's unlike Twitter, not some mega tech corporation run by a bunch of you know censor happy individuals who want to stop you from expressing yourself. Uh, we have yet to moderate the thing beyond deleting spammers. I mean, that is that is it. Uh, there's every now and then there's somebody that'll that'll report one of our users, yeah. but we just, just let it let it slide. Uh, So head over to social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com, and you can interact there. It's a Mastodon-based system, which means it's federated, it's open source, and we run the server. So again, it's social.freetalklive.com. Uh, Chris, you had a story tonight that is focusing on seizing cryptocurrency, specifically the country of Argentina, that government gang down there, which if I recall correctly, there was another story in the news about Argentina recently, and that is that they have a deal with the World Bank. Do you remember hearing about that? I don't know if I do. Yeah, so basically the
1: I think it was the IMF or the World Bank. I don't know if they're like the same group or whatever. But, they probably do because the world bank is world bank or imf or whatever, whatever it is um they have a i think both of them maybe actually um have uh, they basically like loan money out to to governments governments who yeah. are failing effectively. so what
0: happened was argentina of course has had a terrible track record in the last two decades with money and central bank uh fiat printing there was tra- crazy right. like inflation there i think two decades ago Oh, crazy and, crazy inflation. i think i
1: think it's happened twice if i recall correctly it may be
0: happening now again
1: i'm not oh, sure a third time Ooh, i don't know i don't know what's going on
0: with inflation in argentina right now but it has happened for for sure in the recent history uh they gave people's bank account haircuts back in the early uh Kinda like greece part of this century i think in uh, like in 2000 or somewhere in that range And so it got pretty ugly there. And so people in Argentina, they know not to trust the government when it comes to money. And so the IMF, having seen, or the World Bank, they, uh, I'm sorry, I forget which one. I don't have the news in front of me. But they, having seen what happened in El Salvador with them adopting Bitcoin officially at the, the government level, they don't want that to spread so they went to the Argentinian government and said, hey, look, you guys might be needing a bailout pretty soon. You might be needing a loan from uh, from the old IMF. And if you do anything to endorse cryptocurrency, in fact, if you don't prohibit some sort of—and I'll try to find the story, but it, they had to agree with the IMF to basically crack down on cryptocurrency oh, wow. in Argentina— if they ever wanted to get another loan from the World Bank,
1: that happened recently. That was yeah. like within the last few months. I mean, I, this doesn't I, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is <laughs> you know the people in
2: this is how dirtbags do yeah, business. This mm-hmm.
1: is the, the people in power. They fear cryptocurrency because it gives the people people the power and um, it's it's it, it may be hard to understand exactly why or how uh, but it does and they get it um, they get it and this is why they're making up all sorts of things they're seizing people's you know crypto and bank accounts and all sorts of things. Um, most people don't understand that the government can just come in and seize your money anytime they want. Uh, just because they don't doesn't mean they won't. And I think Canada and you might be thinking, oh, well, it's Argentina. It's a, you know, what South America, mm-hmm. you know, but South America, you know, Argentina was one of the wealthiest countries in the world, I believe, not that long ago. Um, so and uh, and and look, Canada Canada, uh, they they basically were seizing accounts, uh, people not crypto accounts, but people's bank accounts mm-hmm. here not that recently uh, because of people during the protests they um, tried to the seize crypto
2: accounts, but I don't think they had any ex- much success with it.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what success they had with crypto accounts or not, but um, I, I feel like you're right that they didn't. But look at look, it, they're they're definitely seizing them seizing them in Argentina. Um, so I've got a story here uh, from Bitcoinist. Com Argentina seizes 1,269 crypto wallets. Tied to delinquent taxpayers, I. You know, it's kind of interesting that we actually use the term "wallet" to describe something that's being held by another person. Um, yeah, I, because it's really not a, a separate wallet. It's just no. it's just money sitting it,
0: in uh, their their right. Well, I mean, it's all pooled together in uh, in what you would call a cold
1: wallet or uh, maybe a hot wallet. Or well, something I mean, it's, like it's that. more akin to a bank, right? Uh, yeah. When you have money on an exchange, it's not right. in uh, it's not in your wallet, your physical wallet that
0: only you. Control. No, they have a database, and the database says that customer X has this amount of money, and customer Y has this amount of uh, Bitcoin or whatever, and and that's how they determine it. Yeah, if
1: they it's like a lightning node. If the exchange goes under, uh, you can lose that crypto. Now, if you Absolutely. hold it in your own wallet, that's not possible, but. That's obviously, and and, and this is another great example. Uh, you know, government here is is seizing the money. Uh, so yeah, or do the they name the uh, the names of the exchanges that participated in this? That's a good question, and I actually haven't read enough of the story to okay. know. Um, but we'll take a look and see. Um, so when it comes to cryptocurrency, the South American. Country Argentina, from crypto adoption to regulations, has a long list of hot topics, as well as, according to a recent news report by local media, that tax office in Argentina has confiscated more than 1,200 cryptocurrency wallets and... Uh, Or I'm sorry, that were connected to delinquent taxpayers. So this isn't even a situation where they're like accusing people of, I don't know, some sort of real, real crime. This is this is just people you're late. Yeah, you're late on your taxes. (laughs) I mean, this is just crazy. Mm -hmm. The laws and rules governing cryptocurrencies are being implemented all around the world as their user grows. I think they mean user base. Um, mm. although keeping up with the regulations in many international jurisdictions is difficult since the crypto environment is not constant, it always is in changing mode. This is not written sounds by like a, it wasn't written by yeah, an English speaker. <laughs> this is
2: not me, guys. A little this bit is, of Spanglish there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this it sounds like a translated story, maybe or something even. Digital wallets belonging to taxpayers in Argentina are being seized, which actually kind of makes sense because it's 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 Argentina. I don't know what they speak in Argentina. I think it's Spanish, maybe. Spanish, yeah. Um, but that would make sense if, if, if that's the case. Digital wallets belonging to taxpayers in Argentina are being seized by the tax agencies more frequently. A total of 1,269 crypto-based wallets belonging to individuals who owe money to the Argentina's IFIP, which upholds the county's... Or countries, tax and customs rules have been ordered to be seized by the court. Okay, so it doesn't sound like they've actually (laughs) seized anything. It's that there's an order to do so. Right.
0: And, And you know, you would think a company called Bitcoinist would be more accurate with how they are expressing these you things you would think like yeah i mean this <laughs> uh, you would think the bitcoin news industry would understand that a man in a robe writing something down on a piece of paper is not the same thing as
1: actually seizing the account yeah like, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of cases like in the united states right even uh where the government has ordered seizures of stuff and it involves and can't get it. Uh, crypto wallets yeah. but because people have you know their own crypto wallets um, that the government hasn't been able to actually seize because their systems were encrypted or, you know, they need to enter a password and the government doesn't have... They might have the phones or they might even have the computers, right. but they don't actually have control over the crypto. Yep. So... Yeah, it's. Um, but if it's on an exchange and you're in the United States, they absolutely can freeze it or, or gain control over it. So something to keep in mind.
0: Uh, there's more, I imagine, with your story coming up here in moments. So we don't know how many of these wallets so far have actually been touched by the state there in Argentina. Plus, I've got the story about uh, what happened with them in the IMF to give you a little more detail on that story because it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, the IMF is going to try this in different countries as well. It's free talk live
4: yeah! Come
0: on! it is free talk live and you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Bring up whatever you want to talk about. That is what we do here on Free Talk Live. With you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And I uh, want to make sure you know about Bitcoin.com. We're talking about cryptocurrency right now with the country, the gang, if you will, and of uh, Argentina cracking down on crypto users and attempting to seize over a thousand cryptocurrency accounts slash wallets slash we're not really sure what exactly... Um, And it's not clear how many of the thousand plus that they've actually seized because the news media is reporting. It's an
1: order. (laughs) It's not not actual seizures. It's just an order. A judge wants it to be
0: seized. But a lot of times when it comes to crypto, if you're dealing with people that know what they're doing, then they don't have their crypto on an exchange. They're having they're keeping it in their own private wallet and they're keeping their keys secret. Well, the judge can stamp his feet all he wants about that. Uh, and they're not going to be able to get it. So that doesn't mean they won't take that person and throw them in a jail
1: cell or try to yeah. put some sort I mean, of pressure this on is, them. The, the one problem I have to say, though, is that, the, unfortunately, the, these thugs, there is another method. It's it's the uh, basically a hammer. Take your hand and a hammer. Mm-hmm. Put the two together, and they can probably get your keys out of you. But yeah. it, it's, it's a heck of a lot harder than, you know, ordering a bank to seize your funds or raid or even raiding your house. Usually most governments are going to be a little bit more hesitant to taking, a, you know, about taking a hammer to your hand mm. in order to get your crypto. And uh, in some cases they might not even be able to like, you know, in the United States uh, it's, as it's a speech issue, you know, trying to get a password out of somebody. Right. Still not. Argentina probably doesn't have those same restrictions. Uh, we're going
0: to continue with the story here in a moment, but I do want you to know about Bitcoin.com. Right now might be a really good time to start looking into getting into cryptocurrency given the prices are down to 2020 levels and that's still not that, you know, not that cheap, but it's cheaper than the the ultimate high or the uh, the record high was last year which was at around $68,000. It's a, Bitcoin's right at around 20 or $21,000 I think today. So maybe you should go to bitcoin.com Click get started at the top of the page and just take some time and start watching some introductory videos and get the basic concepts down about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And then maybe make a move and get into it. And the folks over at Bitcoin.com can help you with that there, too. They've got a lot of different features, including their news site Uh, over at news.bitcoin.com. You want to get the latest news headlines there. You can do that as well so chris you are telling us a story about argentina one of the more corrupt uh, countries as far as central banking is concerned they've uh, they've raped their people's bank accounts there uh, on at least more than one occasion but now they're trying to steal people's crypto from them so what else do we need to know
1: yeah so um the argentina's tax authorities initial step to recover debt Uh, basically that's that's what it is they claim (laughs) they're trying to recover so-called debt Mm -hmm. the many ways taxpayers might conceal their money to avoid taxation are coming to the notice of tax authorities worldwide therefore the present policy and procedure of uh i'm just going to say argentina's tax authority is an initial step in recovering tax goons goons. yeah tax goons that's perfect there's no such thing as authority that's just a you know a concept It has been actively gaining control of the institution's debtor's digital wallet. So supposedly they've got some. Now, whether or not you can believe that, I mean, it's not that hard to believe they've probably got something. But, you know, they're such, you know, these, these, uh, these goons are liars. They're thieves. They are. Um, so, you know, they often try to manipulate, uh, you know, the, I mean, the prosecutors try to manipulate the judges and the courts and the public, you know, the government's try to manipulate the public all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really hard to believe how much they get away with.
2: My guess is that if anything, they've managed to seize some exchange accounts.
1: That's what I would suspect. That seems like a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. that's what I would
0: suspect. That's an easy way to do things. Yeah, that's that's how they that's what they're used to doing. Is they just they're used to just sending a letter or waltzing into someone's office with their fancy paperwork, making a phone call, yeah. and saying uh, hand it over, and then the
1: company just does what they're told. Yeah, and it's it, I think hmm. they've even digitalized this now, so they don't even have to do much more than go to a you know a company's website mm. in order. To submit some sort of you know document, or yeah. uh, either side by a judge or not. In many cases, they can sometimes even just request it, and companies will oblige. So
2: what what an amazing business model governments have. We're going to be your security uh, provider, and. If you don't hire us to be your security provider, then we're going to be your landlord, and we're even worse at providing housing than we are at providing security. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. I'm thinking about this from like a banking perspective, but you know, what do you? What's the point of a bank? What, what's the original intent? It's to protect people. You know, it's to protect you and where you store your money someplace safe to protect it from thieves. But what what goes on? Mm-hmm. The banks just hand it right over to those thieves, yep. calling themselves the government. The mm-hmm. banks will do anything at all to appease the state. They they don't they
0: cannot survive without appeasing the state. They have to ask the state for permission to exist, and so therefore they are a creature of the state from top to bottom.
2: I, I don't know. I think the actual power flows the other way. I think that the uh, the state has to ask the bankers for permission to exist because I think the bankers are really the ones who are running the world.
0: Well, it um, depends on which bankers you're talking about. I mean, the local mom and pop bank is uh, yeah, local not mom the and pop bank, bank is a different thing, <laughs> yeah. but
2: Bank of America, some of the uh, some of the other big banks. Basically, the bankers that are They're always lending money to both sides during every war, worst, yeah. those are the ones.
1: Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. The firm also suggests that they will try to confiscate the firm. It's such an interesting choice of words. Uh time the, the Argentinian tax goods. I think so, okay. yeah. Uh, confiscate additional assets owned by the taxpayers if they are unable to pay their debt. When the available balance is insufficient or the taxpayers do not have this type of placement, they proceed to request embargoes on other assets. That's them saying, Phraising, if you don't have money in your stealing. bank account, we're going to take your house. <laughs> yeah. We're going to steal your car I, from you. That, I mean, such a weird choice of words. But, I mean, yeah. that's, that's It exactly, sounds translated. It, it, it definitely sounds translated. Um, in fact, they... Tax goons <laughs> has also determined that there are 9,800 passed due taxpayers, so literally because you paid your taxes late. Thus, the tax goons will request the Justice Department to impose embargoes on these virtual assets. Hmm. Moreover, with this move, the organization will be able to seize money from more than 30 different crypto wallets, Oh, this is interesting. They're actually listing the crypto wallets. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I know any of these, but uh, one of them is EULA. One of them is Narn, Narnja or almost like a Ninja. Are, are but, these the names of the brand uh, of the, uh, yeah. the company that makes the wallet? Yeah, I think these are the names of the wallets. Okay. Um, so Narn, Narnja X. Well, I can
0: tell you if they were to send a notice to Edge Wallet, uh, edge Wallet would send them a uh, message back saying, we can't comply.
1: We I don't have access how they've responded to such requests hmm. in the past edge wallet. Yeah. Um, and it's 100 percent true. like it's right. they're not lying, they're not, That's the way you, it's know, built. you know right. It's just designed in such a way that you control your cryptocurrencies at, right. with They edge don't wallet.
0: even know who their clients are
1: yeah um and you know it, it's interesting because in in theory edge wallet could hand over a uh your keys so to speak but they're encrypted so mm-hmm. the government can't actually do anything with them um which is interesting because yeah. they might know what's in your wallet but in, in some cases depending that. on the wallet um but they don't they, they can't do anything with it uh, they don't even know what's in your wallet they don't know how many wallets you have i well i mean in theory if it's like bitcoin you can trace it and you know some other stuff but yes, maybe they could
0: identify an ip address accessing their their system to decrypt a wallet
1: but i don't know well well they won't be i mean nobody's edge wallet can't uh, you know decrypt your wallet and neither can the government no not without your username and password the digital wallet offered by a bunch of others um enables creditors to store their funds away from tax officials is a tax authority's top priority so i guess they're going after wallet uh, on exchanges, I guess is what they're kind of saying. Uh, That's not clear. Hey. not clear. It's not clear. It's not all. really. The digital wallet. It offered... sounds
0: like to me they're going to send threatening letters to all these wallet companies it, it because does. they probably don't understand what any of this is. You're probably right. The number here is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. But they know they don't like it. They know they want to put a stop to it. They uh, don't like the idea of the average person being able to put their value outside of the system.
2: It smells like freedom. Yeah,
0: that they control. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. is free talk live and you can bring up whatever's on your mind here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 Ian nobody and chris are on tonight with you of course you can bring up again whatever you want to discuss uh, coming up we'll continue what's happening in argentina with the crackdown on cryptocurrency they're trying to seize over a thousand people's wallets or a thousand wallets maybe more than one from one person so I'm not sure how many victims are involved in this yeah a little over 1200 uh, but Chris you've got that story you've been sharing from bitcoinist.com and you said there was just a little bit more that
1: uh, was in there that you wanted yeah to get the out. last paragraph is a little bit clearer and I, I thought it was super entertaining okay so let's I'm go ahead and read it nevertheless there are some favorable local conditions behind crypto adoption including the increase in the inflation rate, the devaluation of the local currency, and the lack of access to U.S. dollars. So they are having inflation there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Therefore, Argentines chose cryptocurrencies as the most excellent approach to protect their investments. So apparently uh, there are people using it to protect their investments, so to speak. And it sounds like... Maybe a lot of these, depending on how smart these Argentine, you know, uh, people are, um, you know, they they may have actually got them in their own wallets, um, not on exchanges. So it w- would be it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, unfortunately, we're never going to really find out probably how, like what percentage of wallets they were They're able seizing. to successfully seize. But you know, That's it would because be because it'll be probably low, and they won't
0: want to admit how piss poor of a job they did yeah that's Mm. that's my suspicion too um by the way i did just pull up the number as far as annual inflation rate in argentina 70 percent is the expected number by the end of wow god and i thought the united states was bad
1: so they're seeing what looks like five to six percent a month there (gasps) right now wow wow yeah yeah i'd be getting my money out of the uh, argentina i don't know is it dollars there argentine or pesos or
0: i don't know what they're using down there that's a good question they're using dollars Is that what they call it? No,
2: that's Spanish for pain. Uh. (laughs) Ah.
0: Might as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to your calls and thoughts here. Olivia is on the line in Arizona. Go ahead, Olivia.
5: Hey, I had to call several times before my phone call went through. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I had two topics tonight. The first one, uh, I wanted an update on what happened to some of the old hosts like uh, Johnson and and Vincent and... uh, Okay, so
0: uh, Vincent graduated from college, and he's now living up in, I think, with his dad uh, up in the Hanover, New Hampshire area. So it's probably like an hour plus away, and I don't know if he has a car. Uh, So I think that's what's going on with him. And I wasn't around when Johnson left the show, but I believe it had something to do with concerns about COVID. Uh, But that's just what I've heard through the rumor mill.
1: I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I, I think what happened was he came back and then we basically infected him with covid and he wasn't happy about that and basically has never come back as yeah, but I saw him at the grocery store the other day, and he seems to be doing well. So, oh yeah, he's definitely uh, doing well. I, I, he was working for me actually at the time. Um yeah. So, um, no, Johnson's doing well. Um, he's he's actually doing better than he ever has been. Um, it's Good. just, uh, yeah. I mean, he just hasn't been around. Uh, he did come free to talk one Live of our events recently. As much, but um, uh, he's in Keene. Yeah, he definitely he he's, he's definitely come out to a couple of events. Um, but he kind of um, keeps to himself though. Yeah, for the most part. yeah. He's he's been he's been here and there over the years. Um, I, but but That's he definitely true. was a little bit more active in terms of free talk live for sure up until a couple of years ago so uh there you go olivia i mean people tend to
0: come and go from this uh this show it's like whenever it's convenient for them to be here it's, and that's fine
1: you know we've we've had a huge variety of people over the it, years it, uh, it's on this it's, it's work I, I don't know if people understand but it's it actually is a lot of work doing a radio show um even if you're just coming in once a week um, after you've been doing it for a while um i've been doing it five six years almost now uh, free talk live and you know um it's you're still here i'm still here but um but um i can completely understand why you know somebody you know after a couple years especially you know you know it's like we all have lives you know where most of us have lives and uh (laughs) you know other stuff going on so they kind of have to bow out what else olivia
5: Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad they're doing well and uh, just let them know we miss them. Um, I hope Derek J is all right out there, too. Y'all need to do another Free Your Talk Live or something. Um, but I was calling about writing to prisoners, so I wrote to a very dear friend's son who is in prison, and he wrote a very nice letter back, mm-hmm. and my mom intercepted it and freaked out. <laughs> Why? I wrote to, well, she's claiming that somebody at the jail now has her address. And the guards could come (laughs) harass us or, like, other prisoners are just going to target her and rob her now. Yeah, so...
0: Okay, well, number uh, one every other prisoner does not have her address the only person uh, in the jail that would have her address would be somebody who could access the letter and presuming that this person is in a cell maybe he has a roommate there and that's about it so I mean the odds that somebody from prison which is it, by the way full of nonviolent yeah. offenders uh, is going to do something against her you is gotta,
1: ridiculous you gotta explain to her it's, it's, it's not the prisoners that she has to be afraid of it's the government <laughs> <laughs> the government has her address that's the one that she should be afraid of. And honestly, I don't even think it's that, that, you know, it's that big of a deal for the jail to have her address. It's more like other departments, like, I don't know, the IRS and mm. I don't know, Social Security and you know, so however took, many other agencies. She there are.
0: seized the letter from you? Uh, yeah,
5: she she wouldn't. Give it to me until she would given me a very long talking to. So, uh, and I can She sounds like a
0: to jailer that. to me. I mean, she sounds like that's the kind of behavior I would expect from a warden. You know, oh, this letter doesn't pass our muster. It didn't. know there was a crayon picture in here. There's all kinds of stupid rules in jail as far as what you can and can't receive in uh, in the mail. And they're they're constantly seizing letters from uh, from people for various petty reasons.
1: I just out of curiosity, are you are you uh, on the younger side i'm through um,
5: i'm about to turn 32 on tuesday okay
1: happy birthday yeah Yeah. definitely uh,
5: you.
0: right on uh oh anything else you want to share tonight olivia
5: uh not that i can think of
0: all right thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you glad you finally got the letter from your mom yeah the guy in prison (laughs) would be a real shame to write to somebody in prison and then have your mom prevent you from reading it because uh, you know it's it's nice to hear from somebody when you're behind bars and chris you were good about writing uh, while you while i was in jail i imagine you got a few things uh, from him as well oh yeah nobody so I, it's just nice to get i tried a thing.
1: to keep up with a regular flow of stuff but it's like you got all sorts of stuff going on when you know i mean important people are in a cage you mm-hmm. got you gotta pick up the slack somebody's gotta pick up the slack so you did you definitely yeah.
0: did All right, so uh, a little more about Argentina here. Since I mentioned that they were under threat from the IMF, I did want to actually pull the story up rather than just going off the top of my head. Uh, Same source, Bitcoinist.com, the South American country central bank, released a statement on Thursday saying the country's financial sector is not allowed to provide services related to digital assets that are not regulated. This effectively bans any crypto transactions within the official economy." The move is just days after, this, by the way, is uh, May, was when this one came out. The move is just days after the Banco Galicia and Burbank SAU, the two largest private banks by market value in the Argentinian state, announced they would be letting their customers purchase cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum, for instance. So, literally, within days of these uh, banks making those (laughs) announcements, the central bank came down and said, Nope,
1: you can't do that. It, you know, it makes me want to go down just to spend some illegal crypto in Argentina. I don't want to go there that bad. I don't either. Yeah, but it but does not
2: it's, sound like someplace look, I want to be. Look, it's
1: not worth going down there. Yeah. But if it was like just across the border here with mass or something, I would definitely I wanna do it. go to Massachusetts either. I mean, I don't want to uh, go to mass yeah. either. But, but it's like it's sort of like the weed when they started selling weed. Remember? And uh, everybody was going yeah, down there. It's sort of like It's the that. same
0: thing. That would have been yeah. you can then go do and do. You can then go do a yeah, thing. It's legally. sort of the opposite s- of it. But I get you're you're just doing the uh you know the libertarian thing of you want to go <laughs> break a law.
1: And I get that. I get the uh, the desire well, for it's, that. It's it's sort of like a protest, right? It's it's protesting. But there's
0: no point in protesting a foreign government because they're just going to throw you in a really crappy. Look, cage I
1: didn't I didn't say I didn't say you. I was going to mm-hmm. go do it. All I'm saying yeah. is it's you know.
0: I obviously, that's thing with like. Honduras. I would rather do it here
1: in New Hampshire, but
0: you know our, how our co-host Mark has been obsessing over Honduras and yep. all things Honduras. It's like, okay, well, that's cool for those people that just want to live their lives for the rest of their lives and then die somewhere that's warm. Uh, but ultimately, you're never going to be able to protest anything down there. You're never going to be able to help the Honduran well, right. people. Right, and that's
1: exactly why I would never do it. But I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's yeah. like the, the look. If I was in Argentina, let's put it that way. Let's yeah. change the circumstances a little bit. Then you would. I would do absolutely that. want to be doing it. Uh,
0: banks uh, let's see here inflation rates by the way at 20 year highs so we talked about how they're hitting maybe 70% in a year down in Argentina the country is now taking a strong stand against digital assets this is after the country decided to discourage the use of cryptocurrencies since the International Monetary Fund approved a $45 billion loan to the government gang there in Argentina let me tell you a little
2: wow bit they could buy Twitter
0: <laughs> well, <here in> moments <laughs> The number 6032836160. Hour number two is on the way, and you can join us. This is Free Talk Live.
2: Free Talk Live
0: Free Talk Live Kicking off the second hour of the show The phones are open and you can join us here at 603-283-6160 That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian,
1: nobody, and Chris.
0: And we're talking about what's happening in Argentina as they are facing what looks like 70% yearly inflation now. And that's wow. a lot. That is basically hyperinflation territory, as I understand it. Typically, hyperinflation is designated as over fifty percent uh, per year. So they're definitely there. Uh, apparently, it's the twenty-year high for inflation in Argentina, and so naturally, the people of Argentina are looking at other options. They they know they can't trust the government because this mm. isn't the first time the state has debased the money uh, the money system there. And so now they actually have a way out, which is, of course, through cryptocurrency. Unfortunately, right after the banks, the two major banks in Argentina, the private banks, announced they were going to allow their customers to start purchasing Bitcoin, the Argentinian central bank swung in with an announcement saying, oh, no, you don't. Hmm. You will not be allowed to uh, sell cryptocurrency. In fact, no one in the country's financial sector is allowed to provide services relating to digital assets uh, that are unregulated, which, of course, all cryptocurrency, for the most part, is unregulated. No, no one has to ask a government bureaucrat's permission to go start an, a competitor to Bitcoin. As long as you know how to program, all you
1: got to do is copy the code, and you can I, launch I your own. I do kind of have to wonder what they mean by regulated or unregulated, because isn't aren't isn't like all? I mean, usually all financial stuff regulated in They're some sense. They're specifically referring
0: to unregulated digital assets. So Monero, Bitcoin, Dash, Bitcoin Cash; these are all unregulated. There's no government agency that's over top of those things. So that's hmm. what they're it, referring it's, to.
1: It's kind of it's kind of curious just because like usually I think when you have any kind of transaction, there's usually some sort of regulation, you know, in regard to it, it independent of what it might be. Like even if it's like you're using rocks or you're using laptops or you're using as as the medium of exchange, there's some regulation in regards I to it. I
0: don't know about that. I mean, there's but. certainly a prohibition on fraud. Right. So if you're trading yeah. rocks for laptops or whatever, and you give somebody, uh, you know, a laptop that wasn't as advertised, then that would be a, a case of fraud or something. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's, quote unquote, regulated. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably not by what they're referencing. They're in that, saying something in that sentence,
2: along but- the lines of issued by Regulated financial institution. I mean, do these things
1: have a license? Yeah, then they're regulated. And then the next question is, well, okay, does that make you know U.S. dollars then illegal? Because I presume the U.S. dollars aren't regulated by the Argentine. You know, government either, but I guess they're saying virtual. If currencies. they're being
0: used by a regulated financial institution, then presumably the
1: regulations in but Argentina if, would allow for that. But but that's the thing, though. Then why not virtual currencies? Because, because they virtual currencies them. are also. But but this is the thing. If they, I get what you're saying, if yeah. the financial institutions are doing the virtual currencies, how is it any different than say them doing U.S. dollars?
0: The difference would be they would at least be acknowledging that the dollar is a regulated financial instrument which just sounds crazy to me all right yeah i mean it's governments being you know <laughs> yeah. accept, accepting towards one another acknowledging yeah, sure. that their their financial systems are regulated and controlled and that sort of thing and they know that that crypto is outside it, of that
1: yeah it's, it sort of sounds like resor- reciprocity uh to me with uh that's you know, what it is yeah, yeah. governments uh, and so currency.
0: the uh this also happened just after the international monetary fund approved a 45 billion dollar loan to the argentinian government gang the, uh, they say the purpose of banning cryptocurrencies is to mitigate the risk and safeguard their economic system.
2: Uh, right, because it's oh so safe to have 70% of the inflation. value of your money disappearing. The move comes
0: again uh, just after the IMF gave them $45 billion under a specific agreement that requires Argentina to discourage, discourage. The use of cryptocurrencies in order to protect its financial sector. The letter of intent contains an outline of Argentina's commitments to the deal addressed with the IMF, stating, quote, To further safeguard financial stability, we are taking important steps to discourage the use of cryptocurrencies with a view to prevent money laundering, informality, and disintermediation. Hmm. Informality.
2: Yeah. What does that one mean? Well, informality is uh, euphemism. they They talk about the gray market as being the informal, informal? economy ah. um, and, and
0: they want to discourage that.
2: Yeah, and disin- disintermediation is going around the middlemen, right? you know they the people who get a get a cut of every move you make. which is of course the government basically.
0: The government and the banks. (laughs) And others. Uh, The institution expressed that Bitcoin and other cryptos could be used by criminals for money laundering and terrorist financing. Also, as they're said, the terrorist, as they are considered untraceable, thus they meaning criminals or bad actors can widely use them in drug deals, weapons financing, prostitution, etc. However, Chainalysis, a blockchain analysis firm, reports that money laundering accounted for just 0.05% of all crypto transaction volume in the year 2021.
1: You know, it, it, this kind of is funny, too, because if you look at what people or what, mm, how do I say this, bad actors or criminals are using, the majority uh, of the, mm, you know, money laundering and all this other stuff is is U.S. dollars and, you know, oh, other dirty yeah. fits. Not just majority, so, but
0: like super, super yeah, majority, right? Right,
1: right. So for, for you to call out cryptocurrencies for, you know, the little bit of, uh, you know, money laundering or criminal, like criminal stuff that's, you know, people are using it for it just seems absolutely asinine.
0: If you want to weigh in here, you can join us. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Sarah? Oh, I thought she was there. Sarah going once. Sarah going twice. Well, maybe we'll try her back here in a little bit. The number is 603-283-6160. So, again, lots in the news to talk about tonight. A pretty big story coming out of Arizona. For those of us that, uh, that appreciate police accountability... Yeah, I mean I think everybody in this room uh, is a big fan of holding police accountable by recording video oh, yeah. of interaction any interactions that you have personally with the police and also complete strangers might be having with the police and if they need some help, they need somebody to keep an eye on the situation. Uh, before there was uh, way in the in the past there was an organization called Cop Watch. It was followed by another organization called Cop Block. Uh, there's now the Cell411 app that nobody is working on uh, mm-hmm. that you can go to GetCell411.com. I, by the way, put the Matrix chat link on GetCell411.com. Recent, or, yeah, so if you want to get into our chat room where you can interact with some of the programmers and the beta testers and things like that. nobody You're looking for active beta testers on this app right now,
2: correct? Uh, yeah, I definitely am.
0: So there's a link to the Telegram chat and a link to the Matrix chat. I think both of those rooms are mixed together, uh, so you can link over to either of those. I believe they're
1: bridged. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Uh, so check out GetCell411.com. Just click on the menu up there, and you'll find the links to those up there. Uh, so we care a lot about this issue of being able to record the police, and that's why it's very disturbing to learn that now apparently in Arizona, there is a new law which will charge people with a misdemeanor and put them in jail for up to 30
1: days if they simply record police within eight feet. Wow. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, On the one hand, I think this is not good, but on the other hand, uh, eight feet is actually pretty close. Um, Yeah, I can't
2: can't say that I've ever gotten that close when I was recording police. I generally, you know, try to stay back far enough that, they can't snatch my camera. You know what this, this this actually honestly
1: sounds like? It sounds almost like it protects the uh, people who are doing cop blocking. Uh, when a cop says, mm, you I know, so. to move away, because effectively, if you're if you're not closer than eight feet, well, the law says now it, it clearly defines eight feet. No. Well, I mean, it does say
0: because that Because before that, it was a completely arbitrary. number You know how
1: cops are going to be about this. They're say,
0: oh, up! Oh, oh, you're too close. You're under
1: arrest. Boom! Right. there you go. But there in goes forge. In a your court. court, it's going to be if you have to defend yourself in a courtroom. Right? Mm-hmm. There's now they're it says take something. The cops'
0: word though against yours.
1: Well, if you're not within eight feet and they're, you're 15 feet away,
0: how for are you going to prove?
1: I mean, how are you going to easily prove that?
0: Well, I, I
2: mean, well, the video. You should be able to Hopefully. tell from the video yeah. whether you're within eight not feet. Always maybe not Not always if you're zoomed in
0: or something like that you'll have no there'd be no way to prove that
1: I I don't know Uh, if you're across the street or something like that and the cops walk across the street street, yeah but there's
0: well let's continue the discussion here because I'm sorry this is not benefiting anyone but the police Uh, the number (laughs) is 603-283-6160 you can join us and share your thoughts we'll give you more details you can uh, join the show it's free talk live Talk Live, you can join us here at 603-283-6160. Whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about a new law in Arizona that's going to be restricting people's right to record the police. Now they say, you can do it! You just have to stay eight feet away from them. Which of course is going to give the police even more excuses to arrest people with video cameras on the streets. Uh, With you tonight, it's Ian, nobody, and Chris. Coming up in, what is it, less than a week, just about a week, uh, coming up starting July 13th through the 16th, our very own Mark Edge is going to be in Las Vegas for Freedom Fest which they are saying is the world's largest gathering of free minds. I'm going to call that one into question. I think the Mm -hmm. Porcupine Freedom Festival has them beat. Uh, But Freedom Fest is definitely a big event, and it is, as far as uh, conventions go, probably the top liberty convention uh, on the planet. Uh, It's definitely not a festival like uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's a four-day conference, and it's got big debates, world-class speakers like John Cleese will be there this year. Ben Stein, Steve Forbes, Senator Rand Paul, Glenn Beck, Spike Cohen, Justin Amash, and many more. You can go to... Their website, freedomfest.com, code FTL50, saves you 50 bucks, but they're going to have a film festival, social events, the trade show for Liberty. Uh, Our friends at Goldback are going to be there, I suspect, if they're, like last year, they were the top sponsor of Freedom Fest, so I imagine they're coming back this year. Uh, So go meet Mark, he's going to be talking about locating Liberty, and there's going to be a ton of different topics, as always, there at Freedom Fest. Go to freedomfest.com, and you can probably still grab a ticket at code ftl fifty. July 13th through the 16th, happening at the Mirage in Vegas. It's Freedom Fest 2023. As we go to your calls and thoughts, Stephen is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen.
6: Hey, um, first off, I want to do a shout out to Chief Cripps, and, uh, not Captain, but um, Sergeant Cookie of the Portadale Police Department. Um, I went to court the other day for a uh, potential probation revocation, and they played this show at court. So I just want to shout out to those guys. Yeah, and um, I am so happy they're doing this because if they're doing this, they can't, you know, arrest people for smoking weed. So hold on, what what are they trying to
0: revoke your probation over and why did they think this show was going to help them?
6: Um, so I've mentioned guns on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned my disdain for law enforcement before. Um, <laughs> and I've mentioned my, well, I've mentioned my disdain for law enforcement with strangers. Are on the you street. not
0: allowed to have disdain for law enforcement while you're on probation
6: in Georgia? Um, so that's, the, they, um, they seem to think that it is growing my terroristic nature.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Wow. Terroristic nature? Um,
6: and i also talk about the use of marijuana what they're not aware of is that my stepmother um who lives five hours away has a medicinal marijuana cart and i get contact highs from her edibles hmm. um
2: how do you yeah, get a contact that's, that's, high from edibles yeah <laughs> I, I don't want to know do. how that works <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> but no um I do want to mention this eight foot rule and was well, it wait, wait,
0: wait. Well, hold on before you go on to the eight foot rule discussion. I- I'm still curious as to how your probation hearing went. I mean, you're, you're not well, calling us from jail.
6: <laughs> yeah. So they did detain me um, because I had it. It's the same judge seat, but it's a new person in the seat. Okay. Um, and so they're like, yeah, you can't like you're not even allowed to discuss firearms. And my attorney said, whoa, 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 first of all, First Amendment, second of all, he still retains his Second Amendment right. The only thing that he was found guilty of last summer was the fact that he asked a cop to eat eat fecal matter.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Okay, you got to back up. How is it illegal to ask a cop to eat fecal matter?
6: Um, Because in the state of Georgia, um, some jurisdictions, uh, you can't cuss. Oh um, and I didn't God. use the words uh is that, matter.
1: Wow. Is that illegal? What was the charge? I mean wow. is, that, wow. is that not constitutionally protected? Isn't it only it should be, but
0: what's the charge? Disorderly conduct?
6: Um no, it's cursing in public. Or it's, it's wow. use of profane it's use of profane vocabulary. Has that not been appealed
0: up to higher courts? Yeah,
1: I wouldn't think that would have already been overturned. It's I thought it was only um like community decency standards or something, and it, and that would be well, like really raunchy like, pornographic-type content or something?
6: Um, so it gets a little tricky, right? Because there's every time somebody appeals it, they change it, right? Mm. And so at one point, you couldn't cuss inside of certain jurisdictions, and then you couldn't cuss inside of certain jurisdictions in the presence of a child, and they said that I was too close to a
0: church. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay, so I see what you're saying they're doing here. So... Once these laws get overturned as illegal, they just make a new version of the law, yeah, tweak a, it, a few words. It forces you to appeal it, which is a way have to go more through the expensive process again, yeah. which then takes more years. Yep. And this is this is why what the uh, the Supreme Court did with the gun rules in New York and California is ultimately pointless because all New York and California have to do is pass another law that's completely unconstitutional and this this last law that they remember the the you know 3 weeks ago there's been this huge hubbub about oh my god the supreme court upheld gun rights well yeah they did but all new york's going to do is just pass more restrictions and this last thing Mm -hmm. that got overturned was a hundred years old it took him a hundred years to hear that you know case and actually overturn that uh that law
2: yeah and new york has already come up with a thing my understanding is now that uh, when you're applying for a uh, carry license, you have to turn over your social, social media, media accounts.
0: Three
1: years of it There's yeah. a minimum. Wow. So you can I mean, just go make an account. I mean, <laughs> this always amazes me. Is is that not compelled speech? It's like, crazy. I, I, and how, is, how is compelling speech, I mean... <laughs> it's a compelled deal with a private company. You <laughs> right. have to go have an account with right. a private company. It, it seems like it would be unconstitutional under the First Amendment. It I, is. How can... I, but Don't you have, you have the to, right to remain silent? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, but now you have to take a court case up and then go all the way to the Supreme Court again oh in gosh. order to overturn this one. So, uh, all right, what uh, what else, Stephen? What do you want to say about Arizona and their ban on uh, filming police within eight feet?
6: So, something to keep in mind, most states have most of the same laws. So, and it's, they, they're changed just ever so slightly, but it's not a big thing. It's not abortion or gun rights or something that everyone pays attention to. They've all got basically the same law, and Georgia has one of that here. Um, really? Here, But here's the thing. The courts have ruled that if the officer is interacting with you and he's got a body camera on, now it doesn't matter because he's filming you. Mm. If he's not interacting with you, then you could have some potential issues. I see. But there was a case that went forth in Fulton County. I don't think it was City of Atlanta, but it was Fulton County. Um, And the guy got off because he was able to convince a jury of his peers that he doesn't have depth perception.
0: (laughs) That is interesting. Thanks for sharing tonight, Stephen. That's deep. I really appreciate <laughs> hearing from you Oh, uh, So let's get into a little bit of the detail here About this story The Theguardian.com has it It's a new law in Arizona That bans people from taking close range recordings of police Ostensibly to prevent them from getting too close To potentially violent encounters So it's all to keep you safe with a camera
2: Oh yeah Though It's some, not
0: to keep the cops safe? That's actually what it is oh, okay uh, But they're not going to admit that they're, They want to make it sound like it's for the people Right Uh, Though some critics have described it as a threat to the First Amendment, and I gotta agree with those critics. We'll tell you more about what they're talking about here, and your thoughts are welcome as well on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you're invited if you wanna join in here talking about holding the police accountable. And yeah, I mean, it can be done from more than eight feet away, but the whole point of what they're doing in Arizona. And passing a law to actually prohibit people from getting closer than 8 feet to law enforcement with a video camera. Uh, Meaning the individual who's getting closer has a video camera. Uh, They're saying that is now going to be a misdemeanor and arrestable crime in Arizona. They're not doing that to protect people. They're doing that to protect the cops. They want to keep them uh, as unaccountable as possible. And in some cases, getting closer to the action may be beneficial to the person with the camera for whatever reason they decide they want to take that risk. And, they, and I think most people who are doing cop watch or cop block or whatever you want to call it, holding police accountable with video, they understand that these are dangerous animals they're dealing with. And you know if you get too close to a rabid dog, it could lash out at you.
2: Or a rabid swine. Indeed.
0: <laughs> uh, and so you know the risks that you're involved in. And that said, here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we've had a long history of holding police accountable and recording video, they're pretty used to the fact that we're going to be around in certain instances, and they tend to behave on a fairly um, respectful and or professional basis when mm. people with video cameras are around. So I have been within eight feet of uh, of a police officer on multiple occasions most of the time they only really get nervous if you're behind them cops don't like it when you're behind them yeah. because they can't see you and they don't know if you're going to you know pull a knife or something like that that's what they think right like they're paranoid about what could uh, could happen to them so, uh, you yeah, know, for instance, there was a probation officer was uh, in the the house the other day for their first visit because after I had my ankle monitor removed, they gave me a different probation officer because the previous one I had only dealt with the people that have the monitors. Oh, interesting. So my new officer came in. She brought her uh, supervisor with her, which I'm sure was done, you know, on purpose so she could have backup. If she needed it, you know, in the case that something went wrong or whatever, but I noticed that she would never allow me to allow her to go first up or down the stairs or into any room. So, out
1: of curiosity, so was this is this in your abode? Yeah, that they no, come they come through. Through to you. She okay. did a walk through, um,
0: in that case, and they don't normally come by very often, uh-huh. but. She, It was her first week on as my Mm -hmm. probation officer, so she wanted to learn what the house looked like because I have to take pictures in the house every single day under my new bail conditions to show them that I'm at home on a daily basis. And so that ostensibly would be one of the reasons for uh, for the visit. And secondly, they can do that if they want to, right? Right, right. under their their rules and their supervision. But you know, I'd asked her. I like I would do with anybody who was a guest uh, in my home. I offered them to go down the stairs first, or her, because the other guy stayed. <laughs> he stayed downstairs the whole time, and then she would. She did not go down the stairs first. She insisted that <laughs> I go down the stairs first. And again, that's that's a thing with cops. They don't like to oh, have. Yeah somebody behind their back i get that concern
2: right like that's a a legitimate concern on their part i don't tend to turn my back on them either (laughs) yeah it's definitely
0: not a wise move (laughs) Uh, i'll shoot you in the back if you're just a person with a video camera uh then you know you should be able to get close to the police as long as you're willing to take that risk and you you should understand they are violent people and they may turn on you and they may come up they may cook up some reason to arrest you even though you weren't the person who they pulled over even though you just happen to be on the you know side of the road or walking down the street and you saw something happening you pull out your video camera and you are you know recording a scene you don't have anything to do with the actual interaction between the victim and the police But they may decide to make you their victim. And that's my main concern with this new law is it allows them more leeway to target people and claim that they were, oh, you were within eight feet, so I get to arrest you now. The new law prohibits anyone, this according to TheGuardian.com, anyone within eight feet of law enforcement officers from recording police activity. Violators will face a misdemeanor charge and up to 30 days in jail though only after ignoring a verbal warning. The bill does include some exceptions. A person is allowed to record if they are the one being questioned by a police officer.
2: See, I wondered about that because... uh,
0: If you're in your car, what are you going to do,
2: Yeah, well, I mean, what I would do if it didn't have that exception is say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be within eight feet of me because I'm... Yeah, Yeah. you're going to have to step back because (laughs) I'm recording you. Um, um,
0: (laughs) There's also an exception for specifically for people who are uh, occupants of a vehicle during a traffic stop or if they're in a structure on private property where law enforcement activity is occurring. So if a cop comes into the same room with you in your house or something, then there sounds like there's an exception for that. But if you're just a cop block person on the streets and you come across a scene, then they're going to arrest you if they determine that you are too close to them. The new law will take effect in September of this year. Arizona State Rep John Kavanaugh, who sponsored the bill, said the new law was meant. Oh, he's he's actually saying here it was meant to protect law enforcement. So he's not even trying to pretend like this is for uh, the person with the video. For the public camera. good. Yeah. Uh, protect law enforcement from harm or distraction while conducting their job. First Amendment advocates have condemned the bill as unconstitutional, vague, and giving police disproportionate discretion to enforce. Dan Barr, who's a constitutional attorney, said in an interview, quote, Members of the public have a First Amendment right to video police in public places, and what this tries to do is discourage people from doing that, unquote.
1: It does, you know, it does enable them, uh, to tell you and sort of not be lying to you either that it's illegal to film. Yeah, um, that's true. It's, I mean, it's still and you misleading. Know they're not going to give you all the details, right? It's still misleading and manipulative of a cop to do that, and that's what you should expect, right? From them. And they'll probably yeah. tell you that anyway. But even if it's not illegal, but
0: a pure, a previous bill, by the way, uh, which didn't, I guess, didn't pass, would have banned anyone within fifteen feet of police from recording. So they actually lowered it to eight. Over a dozen news, photography, and First Amendment advocacy organizations publicly opposed it, filing an official objection in February that it, quote, violates not only the free speech and press clauses of the First Amendment, but also runs counter to the clearly established right to photograph and record police officers performing their official duties in a public you know, place you
1: know what i think would have been better is, an, is some sort of amendment uh to what is it what do they what would they try to charge you with otherwise to abolish the government? Um, no no they tried to oh. try to well that would be even better maybe but uh, <laughs> no interference because it's, they're going to charge you with some sort of interfering with an investigation all right and amending that to clarify how close you can get before they can charge you with that i think would be uh you know probably better than the way they went about it um Because they already have something that they can charge you with, potentially. So, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what all the details
0: are on what they would have to prove for an interference uh, with an
1: investigation. But but
0: I don't think they're going to be able to say that generally having a video camera is interfering with something. Uh, even though the cops Ooh. might want to try to... I mean, they'll yeah, that's a good question. That, that, again, wouldn't stop the police from going ahead and trying to charge you with it and then seeing if you'll yep. take a guilty plea or something like yep. that because there's no skin off their back if the charges get dropped later. If A lot of times all they want to do is just get you out of the way. So they will just charge you with some BS, Absolutely. put handcuffs on you, ...process you down at the station, now you're out of the scene, right. you cannot because, record... because there's and no
1: consequences for it, that, never, and, they've, and they've already achieved their objective of deal, y- you know, getting you. rid of you, removing yeah. you from what they don't want you to film.
0: Well, and that, and that doesn't just uh, get applied when it comes to filming. We know uh, jury rights activists, for instance, like Julian oh, Heichlin, yeah. rest in peace, by the way. Uh, Julian Heichlin was targeted many times at courthouses, specifically federal ones, for handing out jury nullification information... And they never followed through with charges on him. They would just arrest him, process him, and then cut him loose after it was too late to do any more jury outreach for the day, and then call it a day, and then that was it, and then he'd come back later and do it again. And they'd just go through the process all over again.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: And they, they, he would never like countersue them,
1: I guess. So there Yeah, you'd think that could... would be some sort of abuse. I don't know, abuse of process or something. They could, he could have probably he think. responded with. But I don't know if I don't know. This, these are good questions. Um, but yeah, I, I suspect you might have been able to try. Now, whether it was worth it or not, you know, whether are, you can find an you know, attorney that wants to yeah, take the case. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's it's unfortunately the system is rigged against the public. Um, it's it's not rigged in Ooh. the public's favor. It's not rigged for the public safety. Right. it's f- literally rigged against you for the benefit of the a minority. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what this uh, eight foot law is going
0: to do. It's absolutely going to give the police the excuse to arrest more camera people. And then, oh, well, that wasn't within eight feet. Well, tell it to the judge. Yep. You know, and then maybe your footage will have been filmed in a way where you can make the argument, but not always.
1: This is certainly true. Not
0: always. There's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. If you want to join the show, you can bring up whatever you want. Uh, On the way here tonight, Chris has a story about Library. It is the open source video or media sharing protocol. But is it legal? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open here and you can join us. Number 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. We're talking about holding the police accountable and sometimes there are circumstances in which you might want to get closer uh, than eight feet to those rabid animals. Uh, You want to take that risk. You should be free to do that. But now in Arizona, they're going to arrest you if they think you're within eight feet. And of course, no one's going to throw down a, you know, a yardstick just to make sure. It's just going to be their opinion about how close you were. And unless you can somehow prove that the cop's lying about how close you were, you're going to go to jail in Arizona if they say you're too close for their comfort. So if you want to weigh in here, you can join us at 603-283-6160 also, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix. It is a great website to go to if you want to get the latest news headlines with a pro-freedom perspective. They have uh, coverage of economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get all those headlines from today in one place and uh, over at freedomsphoenix.com is where you can do that. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Ian, nobody, and Chris in the studio tonight. Let's go to the phones here. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major.
4: Hey, Ian. Hey. You're going to get a kick out of the first one. The second one's a little more serious. Okay. But as far as this Arizona deal, yeah. I think the cops would probably use you as a measuring rod. If you smack you in the head and you fall down and hit a cop, well, you were six feet away. Eh? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, over here during the during the uh, Independence Day celebrations, Traverse City has a cherry festival to, you know, promote the cherry crop and whatnot. Okay. Well, the Michigan State Police set up a recruitment tent over there at the festival. Somebody stole it in the middle of the night Sunday. The tent?
0: <laughs> they stole the recruitment tent?
4: They stole the State Police recruitment tent.
0: Wow.
2: I knew
4: you guys would get a hoot out of that one.
2: All right. That's fun. All
4: right. Now, the the other one, this was a tidbit that was broke by Reuters here about three days ago, I guess. And I want to preface this by saying that during Trump's administration, he topped off the strategic oil reserve at a cost of $37 a barrel. All right. Biden's giving this stuff away from like candy. This Mm -hmm. was broke by Reuters three days ago. Some of our oil has gone to China, hmm. some gone to India, a good bit to Great Britain, and it's supposed to be bumped out of the reserves to give us a price break. <laughs> and it's going to the Chinese.
0: Yeah, not a surprise uh, at all. Right? Yeah. Political games will be played uh, whenever they can be.
2: And the oil that went to China actually went to a company that Hunter Biden was an investor in. Mm, Surprise,
0: surprise. Isn't that special? Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. Did you guys see the video of Biden reading the teleprompter prompts recently? He's done this more than once.
2: Yeah, he read like, end of quote, yeah, it was like end of
0: quote, <laughs> read it again or something like that. Yeah. So like he was supposed to read the quote a second yeah, time, yeah. but then he just read the instructions and then moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and in the background of the video of course you know they're always they've always got other people behind them or whatever so kamala harris is in the background and she is stone-faced the whole time she doesn't let on that she's noticed what's going on but the other guy in the video you can tell he heard the the gaff, and he kind of changes his face and in reaction to it uh Mm -hmm. it's pretty it's a pretty entertaining one it's going around on social media right now wow uh, all right. So, again, the number, if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160. Chris, I know you wanted to talk about Library again uh, tonight. It's, a, it's an issue, a uh, company that has come up uh, many times. We're a supporter here on Free Talk Live. We've been on board with Library since, I don't know, 2016, 2017, somewhere uh, in that range, uh, promoting Free Talk Live. But we were one of the first shows to be available on the library platform they invited us to join us on join them on their new platform odyssey i'm sorry did i call library a platform library is a uh, not a platform it a is protocol. a protocol uh mm-hmm. and the difference between a platform and a protocol is what
2: um well a platform uh, is generally an implementation of one or more um protocols mm-hmm. um it would
1: be like a website i think it's kind of usually the best way to describe a platform usually or a server that you're connecting to with some sort of client
2: and that server
1: um,
0: or client is running these different protocols or able to access mm-hmm. certain yeah. protocols of course yeah. the most common one is http the p there stands for protocol uh there are other protocols that are in use on the internet but basically the idea with a protocol is it's open anyone can use the technology. And they could use that technology on their platform. Mm-hmm. But the platform is centralized to some extent, usually. And so the person who's running that platform or the company running that platform can have some you know decision-making ability as to whether or not they want to allow certain content on there. So, for instance, Odyssey, which we talk about a lot here on Free Talk Live, is a platform that was created by some of the people that worked for Library. That's what Odyssey is. They're kind of related tangentially uh, in that way. Library came first, though. Library started several years ago as a protocol for sharing media online. And basically what library does that's so brilliant and was so needed at the time is, yeah, you could share media prior to library. There was, you know, Napster and there was LimeWire and there was Torrents. And, you know, there's so many different options out there for sharing Sharing things, but there was never, until Library, a decentralized way to index or to track what is available or to search uh, for what is available. And so that's what Library brought to the table. They used blockchain technology to do this. So you can upload a piece of media to Library. It could be uh, audio, could be video, could be a PDF, could be something else, a JPEG or whatever. Uh, you could make it like a blog post. On library, so all kinds of different media. You upload that media to it, and then it's available in a search through whatever system they're using this protocol or whatever to uh, to search this uh, blockchain, and uh, and it's completely uncensorable because. It's decentralized as far as the hosting. I, of this I, So
1: stuff. I, I believe, as I understand it, library, uh, you you can't delete something from library, but correct the, the search can be censored because that's still centralized for uh library. But I and think anyone for, uh, could search the blockchain. Odyssey. Yeah, I don't if think the blockchain
2: there's... is is public, then anybody could look at that maybe, data yeah, and maybe, search it. But I, could make I your
1: own the own front end library that. application that the search is based on can be censored. But that doesn't mean that the, the content that it's that's running it could sure that it that it uses for the search can be. But yeah. the content on it, even if they censored it in, within the results, it can't be censored in set in the sense you will still be able to access that's that right. content. Yeah, yeah. So and, and
0: I'll say this: uh, Odyssey is much more likely to have those restrictions because it is a truly centralized platform. They're less restrictive than places like YouTube. But the for
1: instance, after one- still on Odyssey though is linked to the. To a, to a library blockchain, so you could still access it even if uh, Odyssey decided to delete it from That's their, correct. Platf- their sort of centralized That's what I was going to give you an example of. <laughs> oh, <So> okay. <laughs> recently, they, uh, there was a,
0: one of the shootings, it was the uh, the Buffalo shooting where the person did a live stream yep. of that shooting. That video is on library. And it was also on Odyssey, like you could find it, yep. but it was only one or two versions were there. Mm-hmm. But when you searched for it on library, there were myriad different options so there was definitely some kind of censoring going on uh on odyssey to stop that from being
1: available well i mean this is the great thing about library right Mm -hmm. even if one um platform is using it uh and wants to censor something that doesn't necessarily mean it's completely censored you know somebody else can build their own platform based on library and have you know similar or identical or You know different results depending on you know what they you know might want to censor or not censor or if they don't want to censor anything. Well they might have legal trouble but
0: (laughs) you get what I'm saying.
1: So one of the things they
0: they're they're doing differently is yeah you can go and download torrents through all kinds of centralized torrent websites where you can search for things or whatever. And so you've always been able to search torrents through third-party websites, but this does something different in that it puts that searchable information in a way you know that's organized on a blockchain that anybody can access.
1: It's so, way better than yeah. YouTube um, from yeah. from a freedom standpoint for sure.
0: But that's why, of course, the
1: federal government is targeting them, and I think you have a story about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually have an interesting story. So this is so normally we bring in stories, and it's you know most of the sources are kind of garbage i guess is kind of the way i like to phrase it like mm. the reporting is usually not that good okay um what's interesting about this story actually is this is from the national law review okay um lawyers um, right exactly okay <laughs> so i mean you got to keep that in mind that i don't know if they're experts on this or anything but it's still a, a different perspective um so basically the, the story is securities and exchange commission versus library and is your crypto project illegal question mark. we'll find out
0: uh what they think coming up here in moments and you're welcome to weigh in as well Hour number three is on the way here. And the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Phones are open for you. 603-283-6160. Join us. Hour three next. Free Talk Live.
2: Free Talk Live.
0: It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got
2: Ian, the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul,
0: and Chris. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that you want here on the program. We're going to continue. We will take your calls uh, about whatever's on your mind. But Chris, you were just about to get into a story with us Uh, About library. L-B-R-Y is how you spell it. You can go to com and learn more about the technology behind library. You can download the full library uh, desktop app. App and you can run library and you can then sort of be part of the network and make it stronger, uh, if you will. Everything that you watch, you will, you will essentially become a seeder of. You'll help spread that file into eternity, basically. So uh, it's a pretty interesting file sharing protocol or a media sharing protocol. It works very, very well. But it turns out it works so well. The government gang has targeted it. The SEC, (laughs) Securities and Exchange Commission, has uh, brought a lawsuit against Library. As of I don't know, was it 2021 when they officially announced it? I think it was like right after I uh, we got raided here at the studio because I remember there was Uh, Odyssey we're talking about. Uh, No, Library Uh, Library is being targeted by the SEC. Oh
1: oh oh, the announcement. Uh, Well, I I mean, yeah, I think you're right. The arrest. They they didn't arrest anyone. It's a civil uh, suit. I thought Libraries there was no there was a criminal civil. portion to that no, as I understood I've not heard anything about I that. thought it was uh, there was one component against Jeremy Kaufman and one component if against If that's true it's the first I've heard of it Yeah you might want to look into it again I'm pretty okay. sure
2: Yeah Kaufman got arrested for Really? leaving his house during Oh yeah the, no, 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 that was no, no, years no. Ago. That, that was something else shelter in place order but No that was that, years that ago. was something yeah. else we're
1: not talking about that we're talking about specifically about library here um but um yeah that, that's my recollection and you know I I, 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 I do get stuff so, wrong dude. sometimes but um I am pretty sure there was a it was a criminal No if you search action. for his arrest all you get is the disorderly conduct Just stuff. the disorderly conduct? Yeah. Hmm interesting. Yeah. Uh, well I don't know if he was arrested but there was a some sort of criminal action was my understanding. So, hmm, okay, you're gonna have to find that one. I don't think uh, you're right. Uh, yeah, but let's I mean, go on. <laughs> maybe I can look it up later. Um, yeah. So um, basically, the uh, National uh, Law Review, which is, this is interesting because this is not a normal news outlet, but yeah, they they do analysis of uh, you know criminal cases and things of that nature here and there. And uh, they did one on libraries. So here's a here's a bit of the story. While the crypto community is rightfully focused on the Ripple case to see how the SEC will fare in court on enforcement's alleging. Cryptocurrency offerings are a security. A lesser known case may provide clarity first. The SEC's suit against library is scheduled for a tr- for trial in September of 2022. Library is a protocol that allows anyone to build apps that interact with digital content on the library network. Apps built using this protocol allow creators to upload their work to the library network of hosts. So it's basically decentralized. Set a price per stream, download or give it away for free. When the creator uh let's see, when, when a creator publishes something on a library, an entry is made on the library blockchain, the securities issue arises from the sale of library credits as detailed below. So yeah, so there's library basically credits are a cryptocurrency that essentially powers the
0: system. So whenever you want to upload something because you're utilizing a blockchain, there's always a cost generally when using a blockchain to do a thing, whether we're talking about Bitcoin or Ethereum or the library one. Uh, and so there's a very small cost. It's like pennies or whatever, or even less probably than, than pennies to upload a, a video. But that is why the
1: token is being used. Yeah. and It's also interesting, too, because you can actually use them to make donations to content creators yep. that you like. Um, if you're using... I don't know how, how that works on odyssey if you can do that but i know you can do it on library yeah you can odyssey Um, is basically a front end for library with a few more bells and whistles i've i've definitely seen a lot more content on odyssey because it's easily linkable in a Mm -hmm. web browser which makes odyssey really convenient useful yeah um and useful more much more so than library where you need to actually install library in order Mm -hmm. to to use it in 2021 the securities and exchange commission filed a complaint against library incorporated the sec alleges that library violated the securities act of 1933 <laughs> you know this is before wow. um i believe the first uh, analog computer let ago. alone digital yeah. computer um which makes it very entertaining uh, to uh read here uh, by offering and selling unregistered securities when it sold library credits to numerous investors including investors based in the United States without registering with the SEC. You know, I, I really have to wonder if, if that's how they marketed it, because I don't think that was how they marketed it, if I recall. Um, and it's it, it's this FCC is is basically claiming that's what it became, because I think even initially they were not saying that the SEC wasn't saying that, which also kind of. Also kind of makes it interesting. Well, here's the thing. Look, I'm no expert when it comes to
0: finance or whatever, but just looking up at Investopedia for what is a security, according to what they say here, it is a fungible, negotiable financial instrument that holds some type of monetary value representing an ownership position in a publicly traded corporation via stock, Uh a creditor relationship with a governmental body, nope, or a corporation represented by owning that entity's bond or rights to ownership as represented by an option none of these things are ownership in no. any company known as library no. the library credits do not transfer into and, an ownership percentage and, you get no voting ability and with there that. and the mm. interesting
1: part about this is too uh, there's i mean I'm, I'm pretty confident that there there is a entity library it's i don't know if it's an llc it might be an llc i think we said yes. Yeah, um, like but the point is there's probably it might be a nonprofit s- anyway good anyway um but the point that, the point that i'm simply making is that there's probably some sort of shares or yeah. you know an owner like an actual owner of the company They're probably that probably held by and
0: his co yes that
1: produces the software correct but that doesn't mean because you have a, cre- a library credit that you own the company
0: no and it would seem so obvious on its face right like you don't need a whole lawsuit to figure this out right but what they want to do is bankrupt them they want to go after them oh yeah
1: this is basically lawfare as they call it like warfare but law. and and the interesting Mm. part of this is they went back and forth for five years trying to comply with it but I think a lot of that was probably to build a case and Mm. to get them to exert resources financially on lawyers and things of that nature Um, so when they finally spent more
0: than a million dollars on it when they
1: finally Actually did make uh, bring Charges or civil or whatever They don't have any money left to fight it yep um, that's my suspicion, but again, you're right. It's completely out. I, I haven't talked to, I mean, I've talked to Jeremy before, but I've never talked yeah. to Jeremy about his case, so I don't know. Um, so it's entirely, a, you know, an outsider perspective on this, but from what I have read and what I've heard here and there, that's what it sounds like. Well, I know it's I've published. read
0: Jeremy Kaufman. I mean, he's very prolific online on uh, Twitter, for instance. Right. Yep. And he has said within the last few months, he has said that they, that they regret ever trying to do anything to appease these people.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely mm-hmm. uh, what I have also interpreted what he said as as effective being helped. No, it, it doesn't. It's it's only hurt, and yeah. it's like when you like try to the cops when you try you know? to you know work with the government, mm-hmm. it just come it just ends up biting you you know in the behind. Yeah, and they've tried
0: to say like what, just tell us what we need to do, and they won't. No, they won't tell you. No, because if they tell you what
1: you need to do, then <laughs> you'll be by their own words, you'll be compliant, yeah. and, and then how is that going to look when they try to charge you with something? Right um mm. yeah it's 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 crazy but this is this is this like is this they're, they're this is what they this is what they do i mean yep. it's so I, not just doing it to the library they're also oh, after no. ripple and i don't know who else yep and and the funny thing with ripple is isn't ripple the one that was super like you know cozy with the banks and the, yes the government and stuff yeah yep. yeah it's it's Ooh. just absolutely crazy Didn't it's like <laughs> it's like they're producing a product for government and yet the government's going after them for sure. it the complaint alleges that the library credits were sold as investment contracts, which is not true, and therefore securities under the Howey test, SEC versus W.J. Howey uh, company, I guess, uh, let's see, 328 U.S. 293, 1946. The Howey test holds that an investment contract exists when there is The investment of money in a common enterprise, which didn't happen because they didn't invest money in an enterprise um, with a reasonable expectation of profits, and there was never any expectation of profits because that's not how that that's not how library credits were to be derived from the efforts of others. I I mean, Hmm. I don't know. This doesn't sound at all like a case that like why why are they even bothering? I mean, I I think it's just to bankrupt them. Yeah, Um, they
2: want to prevent innovation. That's, and punish the innovators, yeah. and
1: then if they
0: punish the innovators, then other potential innovators will be too afraid to do anything, and they'll just stay
1: quiet and/or do the smart thing, I mean, which is leave the United yeah, States. Th- this is do- just how afraid the government is of cryptocurrencies, more guys. Up.
0: Free talk live. It is free talk live. Phones are open. You can join us here. We're talking about library which is the world's first and most successful media-sharing protocol. And you know it's successful because the government is trying to take it down. Oh, yeah. But they won't be able to, by the way. Even if the SEC succeeds in bankrupting the library corporation, this company that creates the software known as... You know, the library desktop app or the library Android app or whatever. Even if they get put under and they go out of business, the protocol doesn't disappear.
1: Yeah, you know, this kind of reminds me of FrostWire, which is basically, I don't know if you guys remember LimeWire, but Uh it was peer-to-peer file sharing and you know the network didn't go away when LimeWire shut down because it was truly mm. decentralized um, and FrostWire kept continued to be developed for many years thereafter so it was open source yeah and, and this is what it was well, yeah exactly this is one of the benefits of having these you know uh, basically open or free standards and, and open source and free software basically um, where developers can fork your, your code it doesn't matter if you get thrown in a prison you know cell um, mm-hmm. or a cage or whatever probably right?
2: matters to you well it matters to you, but it doesn't
1: matter to um, basically any, well, I mean, it might matter to other people too, but it doesn't matter as far as the, uh, the goal, the goal, the mm. tool that you've developed. Um, the tool will live on as long as there's people interested in that tool. And yeah. as a result, in the case of library, um, the same thing is likely to happen. Yeah, I don't think they're
0: going to be successful ultimately at destroying library, the network, or the yeah. protocol, it,
1: um, I even mean though the, they may take out the corporation. I think the key thing here mm. is if it if it's successful, right, and that's yet to be proven, I think. But if, if library Ford is, is successful, oh, if library. library is successful in that it gets into hands of users mm-hmm. and it works well and so on, um, it's likely that you're not going to be able to kill it off by just by you know charging people or arresting people mm-hmm. or you know some sort of bankruptcy, uh, forced bankruptcy, um, and that's one of the the failures in a lot of the early uh, file sharing networks like Napster. It was not fully decentralized and there was no source code. So nobody could just fork it, you know. Um, It had to be, you know, you could develop other similar solutions um, but you couldn't just make a copy of it, right, Mm -hmm. and continue working on it. And in the case of library or in the case of LimeWire, you could because there was that complete set of source code. So those who knew uh, and wanted it did. And so, it, you know, in the case of library and uh, it will live on probably in the same case with uh, FrostWire.
0: So what is the analysis here from the attorneys at what
1: was it? The Law Association? Yeah, So the National mm-hmm. Law Review. Okay. So this this is this is the big boys. This is uh, looking at the case. Yeah, this is looking at the cases, which makes it super interesting um, because it's not giving you a perspective uh, from a layman. You know, we're we're just lay or a news person. Yeah, or a news person. This is this is these are people who actually you know have looked into the law. Now it may not be clear, and different lawyers will give you different opinions. So just keep that in mind too. But this is their analysis. Uh, Let's see here. So. So let's see investment. Let's see others. Um, whether whether a particular digital asset at the time of its offer or sale satisfies the Howey test depends on the specific facts and circumstances. In 2019, the SEC published the framework for investment contract analysis of digital assets to assist individuals in determining whether their digital assets run afoul of securities law. I don't know if you remember. A number of years ago, was it the IRS? It might have been the IRS, but they they released like this document this really long document like telling people how like they should behave if they were uh, crypto vendors of some kind. Right. Mm. And I remember reading through it thinking it actually is, you know, they would give you an example. Like there was one part where it gave you an example and. Well, first they would explain what you had to do, and then they give you an example, and it would contradict mm-hmm. what they said above it. And it mm-hmm. actually made it even more confusing sure. as to what you were supposed to be doing. But they would call it guidance. and they, But they call it guidance. And
2: mm. I, I don't know, but... Which might- works well for them, because that way, the insiders who know they won't be prosecuted, no matter what they do, can go ahead and do whatever they do, and the outsiders... Can be can read that and know that they will be pro- prosecuted no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. My suspicion so it's is it's not what you do; it's who you are and who you know. Yep, and my, who you my know. suspicion
1: is this is exactly the same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're giving you guidance in quotes that basically leaves you with more it questions than the answers. Water. Yeah, yeah. Um, similarly, following the framework analysis the complaint alleges that the library credits were sold to the public in exchange for contributing design contributions designed to build construct and develop the library network i mean I, huh yeah i i don't know um that that just seems bizarre the complaint the further, only thing
0: i ever saw library credits being sold for was so you can use the network that's all you don't get a, a you know piece of the action later on down the line. Yeah. You, you don't get a, a share in the company. It was yeah, just, definitely not.
1: It was the gas to make the system go. That's all. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the complaint further alleges. I mean, but it, you know, it's interesting because it doesn't even say that here. Um, it says in exchange for contributor contributions designed to build, construct, and develop the library network. Um, but that, that doesn't, doesn't even make that sense doesn't to me. have anything to do with the company as far as. Um, like getting it, getting a stake in it, or anything of that nope. nature. The complaint further alleges that the library credit sales to institutional investors required the investors to wait one year before selling their investment. I, I, again, I, I can't imagine that. Library would have used those words in terms of describing what it was they were selling as an investment. I, no, I don't know, I don't think but I don't think they would have, and I certainly don't ever recall that being the case. Additionally, the complaint alleges that the library network, but this is how they manipulate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is what they're accusing sure. library of. So they this is proved, all it? very manipulative. Yeah. It's it's very much I think like the crypto six case. Um, mm-hmm. very very manipulative. Except Additionally,
0: the prison time.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to. We definitely have to look into that again because yeah. I, I I keep thinking that that was there was criminal aspect to it but anyway additionally the complaint alleges the library network used proceeds from the sales of library credits to pay for the operational costs to grow the library network as alleged library received more than 11 million dollars uh in bitcoin services and some other stuff okay um let's hear answer in its answer library pushed back on the agency's claims and asserted several affirmative defenses including uh let's see a selective enforcement defense And violation of equal protection under the Fifth Amendment accusation. Hmm. Library claimed that when the SEC targeted it for enforcement action, the agency treated Library differently from other blockchain companies with no rationale and pursued its investigation in a manner that uh, demonstrated. Demonstrated? Yeah, I'm sorry, it's demonstrated. My eyes are a little bit off here. A selective treatment based on a malicious or bad faith. Intent to injure library. Hmm. All right. Uh, Let's hear motion. I believe it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Motion for judgment on the pleadings. In its reply, it it, it is kind of interesting their defense that they're they're intending to use. But, you know, this is a thing with like lawyers and like laws and things. Um, What you might think you would want to argue may not always be your best defense. So Mm -hmm. you may be arguing some weird legalese as opposed to like the more obvious thing that you would think you would be arguing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's I don't know. I see that all the time too. Motion. For judgment on the pleadings. In his reply, the SEC challenged the defense by saying it's a non-starter. Since Library admits uh, the agency has sued 42 other blockchain creators for alleged federal securities violations. 42 of them. Wow. See, <laughs> I, I mean, I could name Library. I could name uh, Ripple. But I, I knew there
0: were others. I just oh, didn't yeah. know who offhand they were. We don't know how many of them have been shut down by the various different costs involved in responding to these lawsuits. Because it's tremendous. We're talking about millions oh, yeah. of dollars. Uh, they they had raised to make their product better. Yeah, and, and now it, has to go to
1: lawyers. And, and what good does it do? Right? Like, I mean, Nothing. who does this? Who does this help?
0: It just helps the SEC and their power. There's more coming up. It's free talk live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want here. We're talking about library and the attack against this media sharing protocol. Uh, Specifically, they're attacking the company that helped design it. Because that's all the government gang can do is they can only target centralized targets. They don't know how to stop a protocol. Once that's out in the wild, it can't be reeled back in. But certainly they can do some damage uh, to the library corporation. And that's what they're trying to do with their lawsuit against them, alleging that library was selling what they call a security, meaning they, the SEC, calls a security security. And what is the security? Well, according to uh, the internet sources that I pulled up earlier, Investopedia, for instance, they're saying that you know you basically have to have some sort of a promise of ownership or potential for the your ownership to go up in value or of a corporation as I understand it. Uh, and the library tokens are not that you do not get a percentage of ownership. If you own a, if you own a billion library tokens, then, then you just have a lot of library tokens and And,
1: you can do a lot of stuff on the network. And and here's the other thing. They never, they certainly didn't promise it was going to go open value. Um, No, they couldn't. And, Uh, now there are certainly scammers out there Who like OneCoin which didn't even offer Any kind of crypto but no, that, that was just a straight up scam Right that was just a straight up scam but that Did off or did try To you know sell or argue That it would go up in value Um, But that's not what library did And that's I also I think this is also Part of it you know it's like it that's not What they were selling i You seem to be intentionally uh, blind to what they were selling. And it's interesting because they effectively seem to be saying that they seem to have agreed at the time, supposedly, at the time uh, in which they were sold. And then later, because it went up in value, it's almost like they're arguing, okay, well, because it went up in value, even though that's not what you sold, you've somehow violated the law. Mm. Um, The motion for judgment on the pleadings states that... The SEC argues that library's admission necessarily bars its selective enforcement defense, because it undercuts library's assertion that it has been treated differently from other similarly situated digital currency creators. So, citing, the SEC saying, "Well, we've attacked a bunch
0: of you guys, yep. so you can't use that defense."
1: Yeah, even, even you know, if there's a hundred thousand or a million people, and they've gone after forty-two, and you're one of the forty-two, somehow that's not selective. No, that, well, I mean, um, it costs nothing for the SEC to go after forty-two versus four hundred and two. It's just they. You know, no, it's my money that they're taking to do that, that they're yeah. stealing to do it. And, and your money and, and all yeah. of our money the public, you know. That's right. Um, anybody who's uh, paid taxes on anything, basically. Citing this argument, the district court dismissed library selective enforcement defense. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if um, they're going for the weaker defenses first. And they, because I think they can do, I don't know if you can do multiple. Def- I'm not really sure how any of that works. You can throw out as many as you want. The Supreme or the the district court can do it at once. Right, right, right. Motion to intervene. The Library Foundation Incorporated filed a motion to intervene requesting to allow its intervention in the SEC's case against Library Incorporated. Okay. So, so there's Library Incorporated and then the Library Foundation? It yeah, like. which okay. this is not that, I mean, I've seen this before. I'm trying to think what case it was, uh, but basically it was it had to do with a peer-to-peer file sharing system, uh, probably like, I don't know, 2005 five time per- time period um i believe it was and um basically um the, it was sort of like uh, napster but the there were two separate systems there was a client and then there could be multiple um backends like mm-hmm. peers that you would connect to and basically it had to do with like basically one is operating as an isp and one selling you the, the front end software kind of okay. um, so it but it, it basically ultimate in that case so what the ultimate decision was when it got to its conclusion was because you guys were operating across the basically they they rented like two offices or they shared one office but there were two different companies like on mm-hmm. paperwork on, on paper anyway. And um, and it, the court just basically wasn't buying it something to that effect. Well anyone
0: can motion to intervene in a, in a civil case as yeah. I understand it and the court can decide
1: whether or not to let them. Yeah. And then, essentially
0: yeah. if they're allowed then they become a defendant in the case
1: yep hmm. in its motion that the foundation argued that it has fundamentally different interests than library in this case arising from their different corporate purposes. Specifically, the foundation explained that it is a nonprofit ah, corporation. Okay. this that's really interesting because it's got an INC I, I don't I don't know is, is that nonprofit
2: corporations also use INC? Hmm.
1: I know like um, with Mozilla and Firefox, it's you know Mozilla's a corporation but it's owned by a nonprofit. Um, but okay. anyway, it's just the way it's worded seems different than I would have expected. Specifically, the foundation explained that it is a nonprofit corporation that, that works to promote the growth and use of the library protocol in a bottom-up community-driven fashion, and it grants not-sells LBC tokens to third-parties in, uh, let's see furtherance of the foundation's goals. So it, this is, this is sort of more like a donation to what, what it sounds like they're saying is it's kind of, it's more like you're donating to, um, a nonprofit for, uh, uh to help basically mm-hmm. the network which does sound more like what somebody who would be putting their money into library uh credits is doing as opposed to maybe buying a crypto like an actual mm-hmm. cryptocurrency like bitcoin or something like that so were they allowed to intervene in the case no <laughs> on the other hand <laughs> wow. it argued that, that library is a for profit business enterprise this is the sec arguing this i guess on the or other the on the other hand is. it argued Yeah. No, no, no. I think this is the nonprofit argument. On the other hand, it argued because remember, there's two different libraries. Mm -hmm. One's nonprofit. One's a for profit. On the other hand, it argued that library is a for profit business enterprise that raised funds from venture capital firms. But that isn't what they're being charged with, I Mm -hmm. don't think, because that's that's separate. That's relating to the company itself. Um, it's it's the credits that they're going after the token, the yeah, the token. token, not not the actual venture venture capital. That mm-hmm. would be something that would be regulated, I think, mm-hmm. but not the credits. But they're going after them for the credit sales. Um, on the other hand, it argued that library is a for-profit business enterprise that raised funds from venture capital firms and individual investors. In the form of uh, let's see convertible promissory No, Oh no 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 no, they're not talking about that. I guess so. Um, that seems to be this. Just seems to be the way the SEC has decided to word it: uh, promissory notes, and not through the sale of LB. Oh no, no no no, I was right the first time, and not and not through the sale of LBC tokens. So so I was right. I was right the first time. Uh, the foundation further argued that it likely had different litigation strategies that could result in different outcomes than those pursued by the library due to its dependence on the utility of LBC tokens. Whereas library could continue its corporate existence without the LBC coins. The foundation will lose its fundamental purpose should the LBC tokens lose their utility. Ooh. <laughs> I don't see how the
0: LBC token is going to lose its utility. It's part and parcel of the blockchain that is behind... Library. I, maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm not obviously intimately familiar with this case and, and neither are you. Uh, we don't have Jeremy Coppen here to, uh, to answer or the attorneys who are filing this. But should the SEC be successful at taking down the library corporation, that doesn't mean the SEC is going to get their hands on all of the tokens or all of the, the coins. Those are in individual cryptocurrency wallets to which each individual has the keys. There's no way they can uh, forfeit that. That, that stuff isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, the only thing SEC know. can do here is defeat library, in this case, have some sort of monetary attachment to it, right? Like some sort of penalty, and that will likely put them out of business, if that's I the mean, case. I mean, I think what
1: they're saying is that because it's... And then they have a victory on their belt, and then they can use that to go after others. I, I think they might be saying something to the effect of, um, without the for-profit corporation, the library... Uh, There's nothing using the protocol or something to that effect. Um,
0: The users are using it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, in theory in theory the software still exists independent of library because the sources are available so yeah um, I, I would right. agree with you on this. The um, sources could but... then be put up by a decentralized autonomous organization and
0: development could continue. Uh, right right. Um, it's, and it's... in fact that's ought to be what they should do really. They should go the, sh- the shapeshift route and they should an- announce that they're done with the centralized corporation structure and they're going to decentralize the organization behind library and then just try to you know, whatever happens to the SEC happens to the SEC and then say goodbye to yeah. the library the corporation.
1: It's good good maybe, to, maybe they want to see if they're going to win first or not, but I mean uh, some of this might be being fought on principle too. So, oh of course it um, is. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160 Free Talk live.
0: It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here at the number 603-283-6160. In these remaining moments, enough time perhaps for your call with you in the studio. You've got Ian,
1: nobody, and Chris. Don't forget
0: you can join us online. Head over to our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that you'll find there. And if you really like what we do and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then please join our Amps program, as Alex has done. Alex is a gold-level supporter, which means Alex is uh, sending over 10 bucks a month, at least, to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. You get some perks when you do that, too. Get all the details and get signed up. And we appreciate your help over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. That will forward you right over to our Patreon, where you can sign up with your PayPal or debit or credit card, like Alex has done. Uh, and all we ask for is 5 bucks a month, so Alex did twice that much. So thank you again uh, over at amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Yes, I just want to mention that I found that it was uh, illegal supposedly, to put speeding cameras, um, you know, computerized, automated services
6: mm-hmm.
7: on state highways going through cities in New Mexico. But and and then you know the who the one that's supporting this is of course all you guys that people that hate the speeding cameras, <laughs> right? They're are the one that say you're you're pro, you're you're prohibited from auto, putting automated services. But it, it's a um, I really believe this is a very misinterpretation of the law that was written 80, 90 years ago before I mean- they had cameras and, and and computers and. Photo
1: enforcement now, Sarah is is. Do you object to this because you have a tendency to walk on interstate highways?
7: No, it's it's not it's not that. But the idea is they speed. Just as much as they do on state highways going through cities.
1: I mean, usually and, and, and there's, there's no though. there's no uh, pedestrians on an interstate highway, though, correct? No, it's illegal to walk. Right. right. So it's they're not going to injure anybody, you know, if, by hitting them by you know because there's nobody crossing the road. Is this only for interstates so, or is this any highways like state roads?
7: No, I'm talking about. No, we have these uh, like uh, slower going, but they belong to the state. But if there are over half a million people, like Albuquerque. The city has uh, the city police could regulate the speedings and the traffic enforcement on those. It's only for the smaller cities; they have this law that the the state could only have government.
0: So I'm not so, sure what you just said. Yeah.
7: Okay, there are highways that go through, but they're not interstate. They're not freeways uh, going 70, 80 miles per. So hour. So they're not, fe- not they're not federal
0: you know. highways. Okay, but are the speed cameras, are the automated speed cameras prohibited? on state roads state highways right, or only that's what federal right
6: they're claiming
7: right right right. no th- that's what they're claiming that that's the all the opposers are come up that you're not allowed to put these the automated ones on state highways because okay. it's just an excuse for them to not have them there cuz they speed just as much and cause as much accidents so on the highways So is it just to clarify
0: but- is it that the state did put the cameras out and now there's a group that is suing them over this
7: no, they, we used to have, okay, Paso del Norte is a highway that goes through Albuquerque. We used to have three bed light cameras there. And they made them take them off because the the city has no jurisdiction. But it turns out the city does have jurisdiction. They can have city police, APS, giving them speeding citations. Now they come up with, you're not allowed to have photo enforcement. Who is coming up with this?
0: Who is saying this?
7: Okay, the people that oppose. The speeding cameras. Okay, so but are those people
0: suing the the county or the city? How is it? How did this come to your attention?
7: Well, the thing is, I I talked to one of the mayors, Leah Jean, and then they have they've explained to me that one the city is not allowed to put photo enforcement, but the city police can give a speeding tickets and infor, uh, citations are going through our Albuquerque. So but what you're saying is,
0: that, is the indiv- there has to be a human being there a police officer has to be able to be there to catch a person speeding or going through a red light but they can't use an automated system
7: yeah that's how they interpret it because okay. that law
0: Well, is- maybe it's the police unions that are actually behind this you know like they don't want to lose their jobs that kind of thing they don't want uh, an automation system to replace them that's my guess. I bet you that. I don't know what she's saying that this is a 90-year-old law. that doesn't. Machines will
2: not replace us.
0: Machines <laughs> will not replace us. Uh, thanks for the call, Sarah. Let's go to Jack in Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live.
3: Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I think that we should have cameras in the center of our steering wheels when we drive. Why? So they can see if we're wearing our seatbelts. Okay. Why? <laughs> and look... Oh, just to make sure that the government knows what we're doing and we're being safe.
0: Are you Are you trying to uh, do a Sarah impression? Is that what your call is tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay.
3: And I, I keep on going, um, crosswalks. I mean, what are they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's cute, Jack. Anything else?
3: Um, The assassination of the Japanese prime minister, ex-prime minister today, I think it was a bigger deal than we understand. Why? I think it... I think it's like you guys talked about succession.
0: It's just a dead I poli- ex-politician. I mean, he didn't even hold current office, did he?
3: No, but he was so he was running actually again for president. Oh, Minister.
0: was he? Oh, uh, I didn't know that detail. Dirty deed there. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. and he was a, you know, you guys are I don't know, you're pretty uh, whatever equal with, you know, politics, but he was a Trump supporter.
0: I'm not dad. equal with politics. I'm against politics. <laughs> I think politics about, should shrivel up and go away i want nothing
3: <laughs> to How about do with Morris it but johnson man
0: i don't know much about him i know he's the guy in the prime minister seat in the uk there's some controversy over him i guess partying
3: nope, he resigned
0: Oh, did he? He was banned. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Oh, I heard that too. I think I predict he will be replaced by another a-hole. Thank you for the call tonight, Jack. (laughs) All right. So, what else do we need to know about Library?
1: I know it's a lengthy legal piece. uh, I think this last two paragraphs here will sum it up. I think will be good. The court ultimately denied the foundation's motion to intervene, saying the SEC's response to the motion. One of the SEC's arguments was that both Library and the foundation sought dismissal on grounds that Library uh, or LBC's. Credits are not investment contracts and thus not securities. Right. That makes sense. Um, the SEC also argued that library and the foundation had the same interests because the foundation was an outgrowth of library that utilized the library's resources and personnel to support its mission of promoting growth and usage of library network. Very similar to what I've I've said before and. Um, As part of its motion, the foundation also noted that while both the foundation and library challenge the presence of a common enterprise under Howey, the foundation's argument goes further by challenging the SEC's uh, pragmatic claim that a network can be an enterprise, common or not, under Howey. The foundation argued that SEC's interpretation of Howey goes beyond the Howey court's position, namely that the business enterprise that registers its securities by filing current business and financial information relevant to determining that enterprise's future value is the relevant entity uh, for purposes of finding a common enterprise so in, in other words yeah it's i need the, some other words on that one it's the hmm. business it's the business you know the, the for-profit corporation uh, that would be regulated if they were the ones who had sold the library credits, but they didn't sell the library credits. Okay. Um, I believe it's a nonprofit, is what they're saying. Is what sold the but library credits? But they wouldn't credits. let the
0: nonprofit join the
1: lawsuit. Uh, yeah, something like that. Mm, <laughs> In disputing wow. the SEC's newly expanded understanding of enterprise under Howie, the foundation cited several reasons, including that library is neither a business enterprise nor issuer. Uh, let's see. Um, right. Okay. So the for-profit is neither a business enterprise nor issuer. Uh, library credits do not give holders rights against the current and future assets of library, right, sure. the enterprise. Um, libraries... Right, because anticipated... if the library, the business closes down, the credits are still there. The credits right. are still operating. Libraries' anticipated value as a business enterprise does not determine the library credits value. No, it's the marketplace that determines those. Right. (laughs) And those credits are traded on different exchanges as we speak. Um let's see here. Um libraries registration does not enhance the library credit investment decision because value of library uh credits are not tied to the value of library. Again, the, the for profit corporation um and the library does not have a direct relationship through a library credit with a library credit holder like an issuer of a security has with a security holder right which which is exactly mm-hmm. what we're we, I mean this is just the most crazy case here um unfortunately because neither the SEC nor the court addressed the foundation's common enterprise arguments in resolving the motion to intervene the efficiency of these arguments is precisely or is presently unclear so basically what the court uh, court said is we're not and we're just not going to hear your your argument or we don't understand your argument mm-hmm. so we're not going to roll on it it sounds like mm-hmm. um, wow. so yeah they got apparently the summary judgment and trial so basically what this means is it's gonna go going to go to trial tra- yeah, yeah so so it'll be up to a jury to decide yep.
0: all of these qu- you know big questions about investments and banking and you know stocks and i mean my eyes glaze over when i hear a lot of this stuff i imagine a lot of the jury uh, will as well and it'll be a tough case uh, we'll see you tomorrow night free talk live in the meantime you can join us at freetalklive.com
2: Have you
0: ever loved a woman? Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong
6: passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release entitled Nothing But The Blues. The documentary film, which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995 film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances. Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues.
2: It's almost like I'm just leaving John Mayle now and I'm producing my own blues band. And it's taken me 30 years of meandering around the back streets to get there. I just always felt very afraid of being true to myself. And, And I think that's quite normal in a way. I think everybody is. I'm not unique in that. But right now, I want, I want to do it. And uh, I, don't, I, I have this funny feeling that I don't know how long it'll last. And it may be that I'll just stay here. Maybe that's all right. Maybe it's all right for me just to stay doing this because it's what I do best.
6: That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But The Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.
7: Yeah. <laughs>